Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host, Salo Dan. I am in shock and denial, but more importantly, I'm sitting here with my good friend, Terry. Mate, how are you doing after this uh, very trying weekend? Uh, look, it's it's disappointing that the season's over, that's all I can say. You look forward to this weekend's footy? Uh, I'm looking forward to going to a weekend with no stress. That's all I'll say. That's a good point. I was thinking the same about the Jets because I haven't enjoyed them for a number of weeks because of the kind of footy they've been playing. So this week, it does. Hey, New South Wales Cup's not even been televised, I found out today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I did notice that a very predominant uh, Panthers fan was having a meltdown about his uh, team not being shown on uh, television. It's not even on, it's not on Channel 9 or Fox, is it? No, it's on nothing. I think they might be streaming it, but the uh, PNG Prime Minister's 13 game uh, clashes, which is just fucking peak stupidity from the NRL. But anyways, uh, you know, no Jets. Are they broadcasting the Prime Minister's 13 game, though? Uh, Evidently. So they got that because they got the women's and the men's. Um, The women's team, mate, don't get me started on this fuck fixture. The women's game are going into their finals, so they don't even have, like, you know, half as the competition, which is small as is, anyways. But, but anyways, fuck it. We're here to talk sharks. I, I don't really want to, Terry. I don't really no, want to. I don't really want to either. So if we can keep talking <laughs> Prime Minister's uh, third end, that'd be great. It, it is a good side, although a few too many uh, Tigers for my liking. But anyways, just to set the tone today, it's probably going to be a little bit negative. I fully admit to that. And I, I cop to that. Uh, it's not a season review per se. It's just a review of last week. And a little bit moving forward, where do we go from here? I'm going to hit Terry with some questions. He doesn't know it's coming. We're going to predict our way too early 17. I have a feeling you and I are going to get into a fisticuffs here, mate, because I've got some uh, I've got some, some left field options, and I fully expect you to come at me hard, but that's absolutely fine. Mate, the weekend, though, let's get it out of the way. 38-12, Sharks done and dusted. Actually, before we go into the result, let's disagree straight away. What would you make of the new stadium? Uh, I thought it was nice. It looks exactly the same as the last stadium. It's just modern. I couldn't disagree more. I thought it was wonderful. The, from entry, there were no lines going in. It was quick. It was easy. My favourite two things in the world, quick and easy. The food lines were, you know, acceptable. There were They were everywhere. There were little stations set up for people who just wanted a drink of water. Lots of kids taking advantage of that. Good spots to sit, to stand and have a beer pre-game. The screens were incredible. The fireworks were nuts. It, it felt like you were in a spaceship, mate. I think it's money well spent. Yeah, look, money, money was spent. The, the old SFS, um, the, the facilities there were really poor. Um, I, I remember if you, you know, going uh, and just talking about a Sydney FC game, but if you were at the Cove and you needed to go for a wee, some of the stairs had wooden handrails. Mm. That just showed you how dangerous it was because if you had too many people there, the, those handrails were, would, you know, could have just gone at any time. Look, it... It's it's great that we've got this new stadium. It to me though, it just looked exactly the same, just more modern. Look, completely fair. I think that is the the stadium from now. Uh, any international games we hold should be there, not Homebush. You know, grand final obviously capacity counts when it comes down to it. But I think that's the stadium where you hold your marquee fixtures. There's a whole heap of superstars coming out. Bruno Mars is playing there in a couple of weeks, so it's made. Oh, money well spent. I, I think I, I, I agree with you there, but I don't want to take away from Combank because Combank is absolutely phenomenal as well. So um, I think that still needs to be able to host some some marquee fixtures as well. But you're right, the grand final should. Should definitely be there, but when you're talking about you know fixtures in Sydney, um, you've got you've got three stadiums that you can you can pick for from um, in terms of you know the, the new stadium that we just went to in uh, what was it Allianz and then you got the Core and, and Combank. Exactly, looking good for the uh, the Women's World Cup, which is coming up, of course. Uh, a few other fixtures there, but uh, one fixture mate that did not go our way: the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks twelve, South Sydney way more than twelve. What were your thoughts? Well, my thoughts were we needed to be perfect to beat South and we were anything but. And if you have a look, like South City completed at under 70%, so they were there for the taking. Um, but, you know, we saved our two worst defensive performances of the season for the finals. Um, we shot ourselves in the foot the week before. We should have beat the Cowboys and should have beat them convincingly. Um, and I I feel that Parramatta are going to go up there and, and do that, and this is going to show that 
you know, we, we, we lost a big opportunity um, to, to, you know, one, being a prelim and two, make a grand final. But, um, you know, it didn't help with the the calibre of troops that were missing uh, for the Cowboys. And then, you know, we got some players back and uh, against South Sydney as well. But, I mean, we didn't have answers. Uh, when, you, when you turn around and you look back at the game, you go, we didn't have an answer for Tana fucking Milne. You know, we, we, we didn't deserve to, to, to be playing Penrith this weekend. I agree 100%. We looked at both teams last week and we said, you know, Cronulla, you know, probably won't go in as favourites, which we didn't. And I think that's completely fair. South had the biggest stars, especially on the big stage. But we had a team that should have been able to go with these guys. We did say we need to start well. We did not. Now, I commented last night when we were filming Outlaws and you, you sort of went in hard on it that... We started well in terms of defence, and then we gave away a stupid penalty. They went down and scored with their first, second set of six. And from them, you're playing catch-up. You know, <clears throat> yeah, it's not a spot. Cronulla aren't good. We're, we're good front runners. You know, we get ahead and we, we grind games out. We came back a few times, you know, Parramatta in round two, of course. I think they, did we score for, uh, I don't know, it doesn't matter. We yeah, came no, back we, late. We, we scored first, yeah, but it was a close game. Yeah, but that's the only game I can really remember us running down a side and taking them over. So... To go down 6-0, I mean, Latrell Mitchell, he had that chip on his shoulder all night, mate. He was, you know, just giving it to fans, which I, I thought was fucking incredible. When he kicked the goal and the fireworks went up behind him, he's got his hands extended, he's yelling. That that right there is your picture. That's what you lead with next year in your promotion. And it should be in every highlights package moving forward. He was kicking him from everywhere, so he wasn't missing. And then for us to then have the ball seemingly on their line, for five or six sets, and not once look like scoring. We're going backwards on the fourth and then having to kick long on a fifth when we started inside their 20. Very, very bad. I thought if we'd scored and leveled things up or even gone 6-4 down after that, it's game on. But that Cam Murray tried right on half time, mate. That completely buggered us and ended the contest. You got to understand. So they kicked off. We completed our set. It was a good set. Get the ball to the trail. Our chase was good. We had them fourth tackle, 38 metres out. And look, Grant Atkins blew the softest penalty. And in semi-final football, you know, he's he's essentially punished Cronulla the same way that he punished Junior Totola for a chicken wing. Mm. And that, I mean, that high show, you wouldn't have even felt it if you got hit by a butterfly. It was... And, you know, it was soft, but what was even softer is the fact that Damien Cook jumped out of dummy half, threw the ball to Mark Nichols, who's 32 years old, who got through Toby Rudolph and Alphanukin to score a try. But we kicked off. They dropped the ball on the first tackle. And for an eternity, we were camped on their trailer. And no matter what we did, South just kept batting us away and batting us away. And it was the first time. Now, foolishly, I've, I've gone back and watched a replay of this game. And it's the first time where we've had the Nico to Moylan to Kennedy combo and no one straightened the attack. And, you know, you have a look at the last couple of weeks, Moylan's jumped in at, at, at seven and Nico's straightened the attack and then we've gone out. But no one did it. So we were playing sideways. And, so, look, the South Sydney back line's nothing to write home about. But... You're going to give a guy like Campbell Graham, who's probably the best defensive centre in the game, an opportunity to just take a step forward. He doesn't have to slide. Just take a step forward, shut the play down, and then on the other side of the field, as I task, take a step forward, shut the play down. No one straightened up. No one made it difficult. No one made the opportunity. You know, and then it's the, it's the same thing. We get on their line, and Blake Braley decides to get three crash balls. Mm-hmm. So their line's set. The, the defensive line on the other side of the field set because we're trying three crash balls. Not one or two passes off the ruck. Not anything out of the ordinary. We were just doing the same old thing. And the crash balls don't work. Cronulla don't have those big, powerful players. You know, unless you throw on the ball to Hamlin Ueli every time, but he can't play the ball and then take a hit up. I thought we were overawed, straight up. We went away from what was working. Will Kennedy should not have been there, and you can't convince me otherwise. We just, it was get it to Hines and Hope. Now, Moylan went close three or four times running, 
You know, this is a bloke who has great footwork, but the speed of you or I. You know, he's not. Oh, I'd, I'd back myself to beat more than the, a race. He, he's not the bloke that's going to burn you on speed. He's going to step you, but even this step, you know, isn't that good? And this is a South Sydney that, like you said, had the line set. They weren't scrambling. They weren't overcorrecting. There was nothing there. I thought, you know, Lockie Miller barely touched the ball. Didn't look dangerous at all. Didn't go looking for the ball, which you know is on his inexperience more than anything. So I'm not. I'm not putting the boot in there. Uh, Will Kennedy barely noticed him at all, except when he was missing easy tackles or not going in for tackles at all. But we'll get we'll get to that later. Trust me, with a big underline there. Although our forwards were dominated by you know a pack that don't get me wrong, it's not it's not a shit pack. But I mean, Totola aside, and maybe Colin Matangi on his day, Cam Murray, of course. Outside then, can you even name the other starting players? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Mark Nichols is is a cult hero. I don't know who the other edge back roller is. Um, who is it? Mate, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. This side isn't like you don't look at them and go the Roosters. Oh shit, Angus Clay. Yeah, there you go. Origin International. Yeah, yeah, a good player, but you know, not a player you sit and think, oh shit, Jairo is going to make 900 meters. We just didn't name up. Now, I, I've jumped forward a little bit. I didn't mean to, but Fitzgibbon, coach of the year for mine. I, I don't think, you know, compared to what he had, compared to what the Cowboys sort of were building, the inexperience compared to Peyton, which, you know, he hasn't coached a thousand games. He's got more than what Fitz did coming in. I thought during the year his errors were, you know, obvious, but we were over to overcome them. This week we did not. I think he absolutely... I think he absolutely stooged off the Jets with his decisions, you know, pulling Harati and Metcalf out of that side to put him 18th and 19th man, which I think was a humongous error for both sides. One, because Harati was one of our best players for the Jets. He can't play first grade. Same with Metcalf. I would have left him in the Jets, but that's beside the point. Bringing Will Kennedy back, to me, is the, the mistake of all mistakes. Every single week... He seems to think, I'll leave Toby Rudolph on and I'll forget about it. Then when Toby makes an error, I'll take him off. The last three weeks, it's cost us a try where he's lost the ball and then missed tackle, conceded a try. The bloke's blowing. He's not a big-minute player yet, you know, another off-season perhaps. I also think that he way underused Cam McInnes this week and he overused Wade Graham. You know, you know, picking and choosing, okay, you can suit any agenda you set. But I think it really showed his inexperience. And we'll learn from it. But I did like what he said in after the game in the press conference where he said, you know who you are, your defence got to be better than that. We went away from what worked this year. So he knows what's wrong and will fix it. But I also think that he, like, you know, Nico Hines, who's a first-time seven in the finals, were a bit like, oh, shit, South's are flogging us. What do we do? What do they do? We're still waiting. Yeah. Look, I, I think, and it's, it's quite a good debate on SharksForever.com at the moment in the Will Kennedy thread as to, you know, people, there's obviously people who wanted Will Kennedy to play and there's people who wanted Lockie Miller to play. I want Will Kennedy to play, providing that Will Kennedy's fit and it's Will Kennedy at the beginning of the season. But Will got suspended, came back and got injured on his shoulder, then got hit dropped, had five weeks out and has come back fragile. Mm. Now, I know the games that Lockie Miller played, we belted Manly, we beat the Dogs and we belted the Knights. And people can turn around and go, oh, you know, they they were bottom six teams or whatever. It doesn't matter the opposition. What matters is the continuity. And we play those three games, and then you go to a finals game and you bring in Will Kennedy back, mm. who has trained for a week, coming off of surgery. I think we needed to shut Will Kennedy down. Mm. Mentally and physically, he wasn't there. And more mentally than physically. Um, you could tell that he didn't want to get touched. He didn't want to make a tackle and he didn't want to be tackled. There were a couple of times against South City where he could have just died with the ball. Instead, he threw the ball out the back. One time they picked it up, um, nearly ran the length of the field. Second time, you know, we, we lost 30 metres. Like, just, just die with the ball. I, I feel that that's going to be a, a decision in the, in the off-season that Fitz is going to look at and go, I made a mistake. And it, it's nothing to do, like, he, fully fit, Will Kennedy is a better player than Lockie Miller. Mm-hmm. Okay? Fully fit, Will Kennedy is a better player than Lockie Miller. Kennedy wasn't fit. 
and and I know again it's the you know the talking point is there was um, three uh, three games against Manly, the Bulldogs, and Newcastle, and you know it wasn't enough of a, a litmus test for him. And the only other game he played at fullback was against the Titans as well. But the fact of the matter is, for those three weeks, he built the combination with Matt Moyle. He built the combination with Nico Hines. Yeah, we didn't get the sweeping plays, but you know what we got? We got pace. Mm-hmm. You got Lockie Miller running at the line at pace. And it's something we didn't have against the Cowboys, and it's something that we didn't have against the Rabbitohs because he was shut out on the wing for yeah. that Rabbitohs game. Another mistake for mine that I think he has to move on from is putting Connor Tracy in the centres. He's putting Connor Tracy in the team. Yeah, look, earlier in the season, I might have mounted an argument against this, but it's done. Now, let me preface this by saying I love Connor Tracy. He had to be re-signed. He was one of our better players last year. He did everything asked of him. He's not a first-grade footballer. In his head, he is, and his heart, mate, I wish I could put his heart in half our players because they don't have what he does. He just doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the defensive capabilities, and he's not fast enough to overcome this. Whereas Lockie you Miller... Put, you put his head and heart in Royce Hunt, and Royce Hunt's the best prop in the game. Spot on. It's, I was saying the same about Danny Nutley earlier, and you know, years and years and years ago. Hardest try on the field, just you know, it doesn't have the physical gifts. But Lockie Miller and you know Connor are very similar in terms of you know who they are, where they're at in their careers. Lockie Miller's really, really quick. Connor Tracy is, you know, he, he's okay. So I think if, if it comes down to those two, I know who I'm picking. But I want to talk positive for one second because I think one player stood head and shoulders about everyone else in black, white, and blue, and that is Ronaldo Mulatalo. I want to offer him a 10-year contract right now and build the club around this kid. Yeah, he's, he's, he's something else is our Ronaldo. Would you say he's the winger of the year? Well, I would say he's one of the two wingers of the year, but the players didn't even have him in their top four. That player's poll, I'm glad you brought that up, was absolute horseshit. Now, Justin Olam is a wonderful centre, but he wasn't in the top 10 this year. I thought he had a real dud season. Valentine Holmes can be filthy to miss out on that side. Ken Murray had a great final month, but Isaiah Yo was leading the Daily M when I went behind closed doors at, in round 12. I think Ken Murray had two to four points or something. He started really, you know, badly. So I think well, that was awesome. Yeah, he got knocked out in the second week or something. Well, there you go. So I'm just... Look, I, that's why players play football and they don't do something that requires brains, mate, because they don't fucking have any. But moving on... Well, the, the, the other thing as well is that Harry Green got voted the hooker of the year. Abby Coruscant was like top five player of the year this year. Well, Abby Coruscant was in there. He was the nine. I thought it was Harry Green. No, nah, no, it was it was um, Coruscant because oh, I... It was, yeah, it was Coruscant. I put Reese Robson up as the probably the only one that got close to him. I, I was okay with that choice, but I thought, yeah, I was... Yeah, yeah, I, I, it was, yeah, I, I, I thought it was Harry Green. But yeah, Coruscant was the best rookie yeah. this year by far. But Val missing out and Ronaldo missing out is criminal. Okay, I can I can hack Hunt over Hines. I don't agree with it, but I can cop that. And I think Dylan Brown was better than Cam Munster across the full season. Uh, no, I can't, I can't agree with that. Cam, Cam Munster is... You know, he's he's the difference between Melbourne finishing fifth and Melbourne finishing thirteenth. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, whereas you know, Dylan Brown had some absolute quiet games this year, and Parramatta still won because Mitch Moses is you know one of the four four or five best halfbacks in the game. So, um, yeah, look, I think I think I mean the fact the fact of the matter is that Nathan Cleary got nominated for one of the halfback of the year spots. He missed a shitload of games, injury and suspension. And if you put the statistics side by side without putting their names there, I can guarantee you that everyone will be picking Mitch Moses over Nathan Cleary. Yeah, 100%. And I, I've actually got a few tweets in the next few days prepared with the stats of Dalian competitors. So we'll, we'll get to that. But Ronaldo, mate, yeah, Ronaldo. he scored a wonderful, wonderful try that, you know, where'd that pace come from? He ran that bloke down with, like, very little difficulty. Yeah, well, I mean, no one got close to him. You have a look at who was chasing him. No one got close to him because he took the ball on the wing and straight away he just ran to the posts. And he, he knew he was in untouched under the post. I don't know why Latrell was giving him a hug, probably because he wanted his autograph. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was going to be awarded. I thought the Jesse Ramey in touch, they were going to call it for an, a, a knock-on. Now, on the replay, it shows that it was clearly a knock-back, but video referees are assholes. Mm-hmm. I had more of a problem with that being 
a try than I did Jesse Ramian's try because Jesse Ramian, yes, he was offside, but he was passive in the contest. Yeah. That's a, um, completely agree there. Yeah, I mean, Ronaldo, like, what more can you say about him? He has the assist for Britton Nakora, he scores the try, he led our metres, he led our post contact metres, he led our tackle breaks, he led our line breaks. He, you know, I mean, the guy was in tears at the end of the game and then went and, you know, gave his jersey to someone. And, and it was good to see the guys like him, Britton Nakora, and, you know, Nico Hines, those are the, you know, those guys were absolutely devastated and shattered, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm not putting the boot into him. But then you have a look on the flip side of it, Matt Moylan, who you think should be shattered because he didn't play well. He's a veteran. You don't have any more finals he's going to get. It's just kind of like nonchalant, blase, having a joke with Blake Braley at the end of the game. He's a joke, Blake Braley. I've, I've got no fucking time for him whatsoever. Look, six to eight weeks ago, mate, I probably would have jumped in to try and argue you here. I, I've i got it on, so let's bring it on now. Look, Jaden Beryl, according to Fox Sports, hasn't re-signed with Cronulla, despite the fact that we've actually said that he has re-signed with us. It was in a statement. I'll find that later and tweet it out. I think you've got to look at Beryl next year because Braley has stunted since about round 18. Yeah, no, but we announced Jaden Barrel on a one-year deal. <laughs> we did. So Fox Sports, fuck you. I know you're listening, but fuck you, double down. I, early in the year, would have said, no, no, go away. You've been ridiculous. It's one of your silly agendas. Break Bailey was disgusting in the last month. Like, I'm talking bog ordinary. I can't remember one run. I can't remember a little click kick in. All I can remember is us getting threes on twos and setting back lines. Nico Hines throwing his arms up as he throws a crash play to a 76-year-old Dale Finucane who's running at peak Ruben Cotter. That shit stands out for me, and I think when they look at him, his season in a snapshot, only can give Braley a pass mark or even close. No, um, I mean, there was there was one play that just summed up where we were at. 18-6, we're looking to get back into the game. Nico Hines has set our back line to the right to go and attack at Rami and Ronaldo's side. He looks at Hines and goes left to Moylan, who throws a hospital pass to Teague Wilton. We drop the ball and South go down the other end and score. Now, you and I were talking about the lack of game managers that Cronulla have in the team because, you know, Nico Hines is a first-year halfback who's been told run first, second, third, pass fourth, kick fifth. Um, Matt Moylan can't kick. Matt Moylan's best attribute is his running game and his passing game. So we don't really have game managers, but if you want the game to be managed, it starts at the, with the guy who touches the ball more than anybody else on the field. Blake Bradley had more touches than anybody else in the NRL this year, mm-hmm. and they're just—I was—I was perplexed at the ground with just how fucking shit he was. And then I watched it on replay, and I just looked at it, and I was like, "What does he do good?" You know, people turn around and go, oh, he tackles. Yeah, but he's 70 kilos, and there's a reason why he makes the most tackles in the arrows because people run at him. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't run, he doesn't like he doesn't like contact, and he stopped kicking the ball. What does he offer? If, if someone can tell me, if someone can look at me and, and explain to me what, what Blake Braley offers, because I hear this, he's, he, he's close to the New South Wales number nine jersey. No, he's fucking not. The closest he's going to get to the New South Wales number nine is watching Damien Cook run past him. Completely true. It's He's just, you can only rely on potential for so long. The guy's in like his third or fourth season. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not, uh, not disagreeing. Yeah, I probably wouldn't go that far just yet, but um, it's really, yeah, it's really got me thinking. And, and we'll discuss it more in a few minutes when we name our way too early 17s. Two players that are leaving us, mate. Um, one whose selection was probably a little bit of a. An eyebrow raise was Aiden Tolman. I thought he was good on the night. I thought Andrew Fafita's played his best football in the last six weeks that he has in literal years. It's a shame to see him go. But, and again, we'll get to this when we get to my team, trust me. Our forwards were known years ago as being big minute forwards. Outside of Britton Nakora, who's a big minute forward in that pack? It ain't those two. No, it's not. I mean, Teague Wilton was at the beginning of the year, and our left edge was absolutely killing people. You had Teague Wilton, Talakai and Ronaldo in, in peak you know, form and then all of a sudden Fitzy decided that because Wade Graham's the captain he had to come back. And there's 
I don't know. He, that's that's an, that's another conundrum for Fitz. Like, if he's going to re-sign Wade Graham, it's got to be on the proviso that you're playing a Tolman for feeder type role. You play when you're called upon. If you're on the bench, you're going to play limited minutes. But take it the future. The kid's going to play for New South Wales and Australia. Like, don't don't allow him to enter contract negotiations next year and him look back at it and go, well, fuck me, I've been playing behind Wade Graham. It's I'm going to go somewhere on the left edge and play 80 minutes. Like, Teague offers more off the bench than we get out of Britain Nakora. Now, Britain Nakora had a really good finals campaign. And and Britain ended ended the season really well. But, you know, you have a look against the Cowboys as an example. Uh, in, in, in 93 minutes of football, Nakora ran for 61 metres. And in 38 minutes of football, T. Wilton ran for 114. That's the kind of player that, you know, T. Wilton is. So... I wouldn't. I wouldn't be stunning his growth anymore, and unless you go and get Angus Crichton, but I'm not stunning T. Wilton's growth for Wade Graham. That was next on my list. Wade Graham, what do you do? I don't resign him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if I'm going to resign him, as I said, it's on it's on the cheapest deal possible, and he's got the Aiden Tolman for feeder role. He, you know, because I, I look at the bench now. You know. T, T, spoiler alert, T. Wilton's in the back row with Britton Nakora and Dale Finucane's the lock. So that means you're going to have one of Cam McInnes or Wade Graham on the bench. And I'm picking Cam McInnes, mm. even though he stinks of dragons. Mm. So I don't, I don't have a spot in the team for Wade Graham. Yeah, look, my 17 doesn't have Wade Graham. I've got him at uh, 24, and that was as I was writing players because I didn't want to forget anyone. I think I think it's done. It's, it's a shame that, you know, a player... He wasn't given a big send-off if this is the end, which kind of makes me think they do plan to to re-sign him. Otherwise, they would have said something, I believe, earlier on. I think I think, I think think he'd be re-signed next year, but I, I definitely wouldn't be playing him in the 17. There were some people earlier in the year, and I know I addressed it then, that said, you know, he needs some time at Newtown. Wade Graham will never wear a Newtown jersey. It's, it's disrespectful. It's not where he at, he's at as his career. He deserves better in or out of form. The bloke should be our 18th man. Well, you get it to Andrew Fida. Look, we did, but Fafida had a lot of discipline issues, plus he got on the wrong side of a coach that picked his mates first. So I, I don't think Wade Graham's got any of those issues. Well, since Todd Carney's pissed back off, put it that way. Look, ultimately, mate, we'll move on, but did, without giving too much away next week, did going out in straight sets sour what was until the finals an A-plus season? Yeah, look... I mean, at, at the beginning of the year, you go back to Outlaws. I picked us eighth, you picked us seventh, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and again, I went back through the Daily Telegraph, I went back through NRL.com, I went through the Sydney Morning Herald. 30 journalists predicted their top eight, right? Out of those 30 journalists, 26 of them had us in the top eight. There were four that didn't. Out of those 26 journalists that had us in the top eight, one had us in the top four. And that was Dave Riccio because he's a mad Sharks fan. But even Buzz Rothfield, who also is a self-acclaimed Sharks fan, didn't have us in the top four. Buzz had us at seventh, so he agreed with you. Mm-hmm. I had us at eighth, replacing the Knights. Um, you had us at seventh, replacing the Knights um, and pushing the, the, the Titans back. Um, and, you know, if you'd offered me at the beginning of the year the chance for the top four, I would have beat your hand off and probably sold my dog. Are you fair? But, uh, you know, everyone turns around and goes, oh, you had a soft draw. Okay, our draw was soft, yeah, but no one picked us in the top four. Mm-hmm. You can go back through Twitter, go, go, go and find all your followers and do have a look at their 2022 predictions. Uh, and, you know, the only ones that would have had us in the top four were Sharks wins. Yep. No, no one had us there. So... Call it a soft draw all you want, but I bet you at the beginning of the year when you looked at the draw and saw that we had to play the Titans twice who finished above us, and we had to play the Knights twice who finished above us, and we had to play the Sea Eagles twice for our bogey team that finished above us, you were all probably laughing and going, well, Canola are going to drop those six games, mm-hmm. or at least four of them. They're going to drop the away games and both of them to Manly. Yep. So call it soft all you want. There was a big, There was a big difference between the top eight and the bottom eight. And I know Canberra, they either finished on the same amount of points or finished two points above Brisbane, but there was a big difference between Canberra and Brisbane towards the end of the year. So the the, the top eight, 
you know, it was it, it was what it was. You beat the shit teams, then you've got to you know fight with all the other teams to get there. But I saw Roosters fans turning and going, "Cronulla had the softest draw." Motherfucker, you lost the Bulldogs. Yeah. You know? You lost the Dogs. Brisbane fans turn around going, oh, Cronulla didn't put up much of a fight in the finals. You lost by 14 at home to the Tigers. Spot on. Yeah, South Sydney fans giving us a bit of grief. Okay, yeah, you beat us. You also lost to the Tigers. I think that ends any. Now, it's funny because I think South played their fifth prelim in a row this weekend and haven't had a premiership, and I don't think they'll get this one either. So... Um, look, I agree 100% what you said. I think second place, I think we overachieved. I don't buy any of this soft draw bullshit. You beat who's in front of you. You, you go back and break down everyone's team, everyone's games. What about all those teams that got Penrith under strength? We got them at full fucking strength and push them all the way. So you can pick or choose. Again, any agenda you want to set in rugby league, you can back up with some sort of stats. So I think, I think it ended negatively. I would have preferred to finish fifth, win, and then go out this week in hindsight. But I also think us having a home final set us up for the only genuine route to the grand final. Look, we, we copped a few bad decisions. We made some fucking dumb errors. Will Kennedy just refused to tackle on the night and we still got within a field goal of a Cowboys side who looked like they might be going to a grand final. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not negative in any way about that. That said, the last two weeks, you can't lose a home final. It's just it's not unforgivable. And then this week, okay, it was a home final, but it was an away final because it was 70, 30 South fans at best. Oh, we were outnumbered by South Sydney fans. And, that, and that's completely fair. If you put a South home game in Cronulla, Cronulla are going to outsell. So it, it was what it was. It was a shit performance. I thought Nico Hines looked overawed. I think Dale Finucane was broken. I think I would have put up a better performance defensively than Will Kennedy. It just... The season got to us. I think we went way further than we had any right to do, and we're set up well for next year, Terry, which is a perfect segue. And I've got some questions after or as we go. We'll see how it goes. We've got about 20 minutes left. Our all-too-early 17 this year. Now, just to set some, some parameters, this is the 17 I would name and you would name, not the team that we expect to be named because what can happen between now and tomorrow could change this, let alone a full fucking off-season. So... Don't go back to this in six months, everyone, and go, eh, you had so-and-so, so-and-so. Shut your fucking mouth. It's just a bit of fun. It's more of a where do we go from here? Do you react big time to the loss, or do you think, oh, well, we'll go back to what worked? So do you want to lead us off with your fullback, please, mate? Ronaldo Molotalo. Do you want to explain why? <laughs> uh, he's incredible under the high ball. He's got all the skills in the world, and if you asked him to become a ball player, he'd become a ball player. Um, if you ask him to be a ball runner, he'd be a ball runner, and he just cares about the club. So you know that anyone who broke through the line, even if he didn't stop the try, their face was going to get broken. Completely fair. I don't hate that. Now that I might as well jump to the question I had here. Ronaldo is probably the top two or three winger in the game right now. Is it worth risking moving him back to the centres where he starred for Newtown, and we we had him earlier in the year. We named him in our round one side in the centres. Yeah, look, uh, no, because there's someone else that I want to put in the centres. Fair enough. Um, well, there's, sorry, there's someone else I'm going to... Yeah, put in the centres. There's someone else I'm going to put in the centres. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is I'm only doing this for fun. This is what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's not, you know, and this is going on that I also want multi-ball if it's a two-point game with five minutes to go. So It's our um, podcast, mate. We can do it all you want. Yeah, Ronaldo at fullback. Okay, I've got Lockie Miller. I'm. I know you said Will Kennedy's a better player at full full fitness, and I agree. I think we need to get away from this round the back to Kennedy bullshit because when it stopped working, it stopped fucking working. And I'm talking the point where it was all we had for a long time. There, people worked us out real quick. So Will Kennedy's done as far as I'm concerned. I hope I eat those words and he wins Dalian fullback of the year next year. For me, it's Lockie Miller. He's got the pure pace. And he makes a half break every time he gets the ball. This is a guy that we need touching the ball a lot. This is a bloke that I never, ever, ever want to see on the wing again. And he's too small to say centers. If I wasn't such a fan of his, mate, his career would have ended in about the 67th minute the other night when he was done by Tane Milne on that corner where he was just brushed off like he wasn't even there. That was disgusting. That's not a bloke who's defended in his career or ever in union or at all at wing. So I'm willing to forgive that. I think Lachlan Miller adds so much to what we need. 
which is pace, because outside of him and Ronaldo, we have not got it. What about you, Ingus? Sam Stone Street and Sione Katoa. For those that aren't familiar with Sam Stone Street. I am his biggest fan. He is so tall, so fast. He's going to captain Australia one day. That's how good he is. So stick him on the wing fits. Fair enough. I've got him in my extended. Um, I want to see him run out for Newtown a few times first. But I've got uh, Sione Katoa, 100% agree. Geez, we missed him at the back end of the season. And yeah. I'll stick with Ronaldo because I was tempted to put him in the centres, but there's a young kid that I think is the future of the club that I will name there. So uh, that's pretty self-explanatory. I want to see him have a full season to battle out for that top try scorer too because we are ripped off a fucking good finish. What about your centres? Well, I flipped and flopped on this one. Um, I know... I know CC Patalakai is our is it, he is our best centre, but he does get caught laterally. And I know the guy that I'm going to name cops an absolute bath by an 18 year old in New South Wales Cup. But everyone's entitled to a bad day, so I am going to name Kale Uro and Jesse Ramian. 100 agreed. Now those that don't aren't familiar with Uro, this kid won New South Wales Cup Player of the Year playing in the centres. Typically, a role that goes to a spine player or a big forward who just dominates or a player that's gone back now this is a kid who has height and speed that we don't have in the centers he's got footwork like you wouldn't believe again against less opposition we saw him on debut he was you know okay his meters were incredible his tackle breaks were incredible and he almost made about five or six breaks okay his hands were shit but he was asked again to go on the wing which as we know is a completely different thing this blow is a run first center which we need i love talakai i thought he had a great season but I can't cop any more of this Peter Hiku running around him and him not getting a hand on. I think Eero gets there and gets at least a hand on him. I've I, I got a question for you, though. If you're going to have a bad game defensively, do you want them to run around you or do you want them to run through you? Well, through you means you're probably going to get him next time. Around proves that you've got no idea what you're doing out wide. So over as bad as that sounds. And, of course, Jesse Ramming. Yeah. Oh, Jesse Ramian's self-explanatory. If he ever wakes up and gives a fuck about rugby league, you'll be the best centre in the game. What about your halves, mate? Are you tempted? Because I've seen a lot of conjecture that despite him having a Dalian winning, potentially, season in the half, back roll, people still want Nico Hines at six. No. I'm very tempted to not name Matt Moylan, but I just... I've already, I've already named two rookies and Ronaldo out of position, so I'm not going to name Cade Dykes. Uh, I will name Matt Moylan and Nico Hines. That combination there, you know, Matt Moylan plays halfback anyway, so that combination there is just too good. But I do want Matt Moylan this off-season. Like, this off-season has shown that Matt Moylan can improve. He improved his body. He's improved his mental capacity. Just go and improve your kicking game, bro. Like, go and do some leg weights and kick that fucking ball further than your shadow. Yes, 100%. That's something that has been a bugbear of mine for a long, long time now. If Nico Hines doesn't have a great game, Cronulla don't win. That's a problem for me. You know, Obviously, halfback's the most important player, of course, but you got to have a half. We've seen what Dylan Brown coming good's done to Mitch Moses this year. So, look, I agree. I don't think there's any other options. Ryan Rivett and Braden Trindle are the other two. Um, I will discuss in a minute why I'm not going to pick Trindle, and I think it's a black mark. Yeah, but I, mean, I mean, for mine... If, if I wasn't naming Matt Moylan, I'm naming Kate Dykes. Yeah, I think Dykes is next in line. Uh, yeah, 100% agree with that. I've seen some people talk about uh, Kennedy moving into the 5-8. Fuck you, delete your Twitter account. I never want to talk to you again. You're an idiot. Uh, okay, your props. Now, this is a conjecture because they started well. We don't have a big-name prop. We don't have a big-minute prop. Who starts? Tobias Rudolph came back from a knee injury and was our best forward. Uh, and I'm going to start him with Royce Hunt. Fair enough. I'm agreeing Toby will be the first prop picked. He was our best forward all year. Uh, I, I don't I don't even think it was particularly close. But, that comes with a but. No more waiting till he makes an error to take him off. He plays 22 minutes and he, get, he leaves. Unless he's got the ball in the 22nd minute, in which case he gets up, plays it and fucks off the field. Love the bloke. He's a 40-minute player only. We cannot do this anymore. I'm going to go Hamlin Ueli here with another asterisk. This is a bloke who has the body and potential to play regular rep football for a Tier 1 nation in New Zealand. He's been picked in the squad. There's no way he's making that 17. I don't think he's anywhere near that 17. 
he was so good at times this year, but the last few weeks, I barely noticed him. And this is a guy that weighs like 120 kilos. He needs to rock it up his ass. I think he will play for New Zealand because of where Hargraves is suspended for three weeks. So I think he's going to have those three weeks to push himself onto the bench. And this is the kind of rocket that he needs because he didn't finish the season well. Yeah, he had a bad injury. I get that. He came back, scored a, scored a nice try, played really well in some games, but he you know, quite quickly got found out in the finals. And I think this World Cup... I know they're not in a, in a tough group stage. They've got like Jamaica, Ireland, and Scotland. But go in there, rip the shit out of them, and just get yourself noticed to get a bench spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look. I, I I nearly named Hamlin Newelly as well, but I just like what I saw from Royce Hunt when he. You know, there was there was one week where Royce Hunt wasn't even named in the team, and then we had all these injuries, and he started, and he just started fucking hurting people. Like I want Royce Hunt to play for Samoa in the World Cup. And hurt someone. Yeah. And I don't care if it's someone from England. Just hurt someone. Just hurt someone. And and then take that hurt that you're feeling from the exit of the finals and the fact that you didn't get to play. Take it into the World Cup, kill a pom, and and come back and start. There you go. You heard it for Terry. Mm. I'm gonna. I think. I don't think Royce Hunt can get any better. I think Hamlin Ueli can get a lot better. So I'm picking on potential. <laughs> Back row, you've already blown it, but let's 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 break it down. Oh, we're not going the hooker. Uh all right, well, let's go hooker. Um, I'm gonna stick with the fuck we, that we've got. Um, I hate him. He's dreadful, but I didn't see enough from Jaden Barrow to warrant. I got Bradley because there's no other option right now. Yeah, Barrel yeah, can come in. Now. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about that prick anymore. What about your back row then, mate? <laughs> um, well, I haven't named Talakai in. I haven't named Talakai in the uh, in the centres. Uh, I'm going to name Teague Wilton. I'm going to name Britton Nakora in my back row. Fair enough. I've got Talakai and Nakora because, as as you'll see with my thirteen in a minute, I want a bit where T comes on after twenty minutes and plays the remaining sixty. With a shift in the middle, because I don't think we got big, big minute forwards in us, and I think you got to make those up somewhere. So I've got Talakai and I've got Nakora. You can totally twist my arm to T. You swap one of them around. I think Nakora has established himself as our first choice right now. Had a brilliant final series, as you said. I'm looking forward to seeing him kick on next year. Any thirteen, of course, you've already mentioned. Definitely. I'm going to go Cam McInnes for two reasons. One, I don't think he gets anywhere near the minutes he should. I think he should be playing sixty minutes. We're a better team with him on the park. I know you're not a fan. I don't care. I am. I think he's been fantastic. And I also think that our bench is really young, really inexperienced. And I thought Dale Finucane's probably last four weeks were the stuff you expect from a Jess Calhoun, not a player that we're paying a shit ton of money. Put him back to the bench. Get a rocket up him. Get him six weeks of fitness. Pray that he doesn't get a head knock because I love the bloke. Get him on in the middle. Shift him if you need to. Do whatever. And then by the end of the year, he's fully fit leading us into a finals charge, which we didn't have this year. So Cam McInnes for mine. I think their bloke was hugely underutilized this year. Yeah, no, look, as much as as much as I, you know, think that he's a very one-dimensional player, there, he had games where he ran for 173 metres. I, I, I guess the, the the two things for mine is we, we've never replaced Paul Gallon, and this guy has played lock forward before, and Dale Finucane's Dale Finucane, but he's not Paul Gallon. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Kim McInnes. I haven't warmed to him, but he's a good player. Fair enough. In your bench, who's your first two players? Uh, Kim McInnes mm-hmm. and Cecil Talakai. Yep, well, fair enough. Well, Finucane and Teague, the players that you and I have just swapped, I think that's pretty yeah. self-explanatory. I think mm-hmm. T plays 60. Uh, now here, I think, is where we're going to go different. I don't see a smile on your face, so I think I'm in for it here. Who's your third player? Fair enough. Now, full disclosure, I haven't picked Royce Hunt in this because the talent of this bloke coming in, Oregon Kafusi, I'm not seeing enough positivity about this kid. He has been fucking ginormous for Parramatta this year in a role, you know, that he's been asked to play. So I'm expecting huge things from this kid. I almost named him in my starting lineup. I think in 2024 he's our starting prop, Oregon Kafusi. 
And who's your 17? Is it Connor Tracy? No, it's Oregon Kafusi. Uh, fair enough. I've got Jesse Calhoun because I think he showed enough early and he's too good for New South Wales Cup. You're fucking wasting him there. Yeah, and then then you have to... So we, we have named different teams. Jesse Calhoun would be my 18th man. you got Jack Williams, who was our best forward in 2021. you got Tommy Hazelton. Um, yeah, there's, Potentially there's, Wade Graham. There's some players missing. Yeah, fuck him. Um, there's some players missing out. Yeah, well, I've got I've got Williams, Hunt, Dykes, Kennedy, Hazelton, and Tracy, Wade, Ikevalu, Lua Lua, Jensen, last name I can't say, and Stone Street. As I'm trying to fill out the squad to make sure I didn't miss anyone. So, you know, Williams and Hazelton are the next ones off, and Hunt. So you got three players that can play first grade. Well, you can take Jensen off that list because he's apparently signed with mainly Winger Seagulls. I'm not upset about that because twice I went and saw Newtown playing, and I talked up Jensen. He touched the ball combined five times, ran for about six metres, and dropped the ball four times. So fuck that guy. As a person, I love him. He signed Chelsea's hat, and she's a big fan. He got a photo. Best looking bloke in the world. Cannot play football. Fuck off to Manly. Lua Lua, what's going on? I haven't seen him in Newtown for, for months. Injured. That sucks because that's another kid that I want to see. I think Stone Street drops, uh, jumps over him. And Jackson Ferris is the other player. Is he done? He played for. The, he finished the season with the Glebe Dirty Rats, played in the grand final, scored a try. Unfortunately, Glebe lost. That, well, that, that's a good sign because this is a bloke who, you know, his debut will not be forgotten anytime soon. It was frigging genius. So I want him... Back in that squad, you can take Jensen's spot on the wing for uh, for Newtown. We have to, we have to, mate. It's fantastic side. One of ours, I think, a mixture. They both win the premiership easy. The Newtown Jets, dollar fifteen going into this game at least. Jade Nochenbore, who is arms and legs and not much else, had the game of his life. Absolutely touched up the work experience kid we put on, thinking he could play football and young Rodwell. We lost to a fucking atrocious Bulldogs team that we had a draw with a couple weeks back, missing every single first-grade player available other than Colquhoun. So this was crap, mate, absolute crap. I was so frustrated. I thought they'd walk this game in, probably lose to Penrith next week, but I wanted the grand final week. Braden Trindle was put in pretty much to single-handedly win this game. He pulled Metcalf late, he being Fitzgibbon. He pulled Harati late, which was dumb, put... Players that had no real chance of, you know, getting over their opponents in the side. Newtown contracted players, that is. For Braden Trindle, who had the most Braden Trindle game of his life, he made a break and lost the ball. Uh, he kicked great and then kicked one out on the full. It's like, oh, I'm going to make Dan. Oh, no, no, I'm going to make you look like an idiot. Oh, you going to say something positive? No, you're not. I bagged him, as I like to do, and he played well for five minutes Then forgot I bagged him. 30 seconds to go, Terry. Down by two. 30 metres out, you had the ball. What's the one thing you're not doing? Kicking the field goal. That is the one thing everyone with half a brain would not do, and Braden Trunel attempted it. The Bulldogs charged the ball down, which was fucking dumb. Let it go. We're not going to get the ball back. You kick it. Oh, I, I don't know what the fuck went through his mind. I'm just hoping this is his Greg Inglis moment, mate, that he's kicked this, trying to get the one, and then he wakes up and realises he's best player in the game tomorrow because... As of right now, I think Braden Trindle should get used to that Newtown jersey because it's his for the next few seasons. Yeah, look, and poor Tommy Rodwell, that was the first game that he had played in New South Wales Cup this year. See, that should but, not happen. For those, well, we just, we had no one else. Stone Street's injured. Lua Lua's injured. Um, uh, we couldn't play Jackson Ferris because he hadn't played, because he, he only played for a massive cup. Why didn't they put Jensen on him? Jensen's uh, six foot, I know he's hopeless. Yeah. But he's tall. They put this young kid on debut oh, against a player I mean, who's 9'6". Fair, fair, fair play to young Rodwell. He scored 100 tries in Jersey Flag. Only matched by Stone Street, who scored 200 tries. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was not not a real nice cauldron of fire. I mean, he scored a try. Yeah. The kid's got talent. Just wasn't the game. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the time or the place for it. Um I really wanted to see Hazelton and um, uh, Colhoun stand up when we were down, and they just didn't do it. No, I, th- I think we jumped the gun a little bit on Hazelton. Um, Charbel Sh- 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 Tassipay is the one that I think he's absolutely outstanding. Edge backer off for Newtown plays 80 minutes every week, gets for a ton of work. 
he like, he single-handedly just turned around to everyone and said, boys, if you want to play some footy, fucking get on it. Yeah. You know, like, let, let's do this. Now, Young Beryl was really good in that game as well, but he's got brain snapping. Yeah, he does. He's, he's a, he got little bloke syndrome, mate. Someone looks at him and he's like, oh, yeah, what'd you call me? And then you, you hear that he got suspended <laughs> for throwing punches at the, the Bulldogs number nine and they were both suspended for two weeks and that was their first game back against each other. And they were just like hammering each other. And there was there was a penalty given and there was nothing doing and then Beryl just goes in and starts a fight. Like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, mate, great, great season from the Jets. They bow out, unfortunately. Look, overall, it was a terrible weekend football-wise, but uh, we got... Two good games this week, I suppose. I don't even know if I watch. Who cares? Football's dead to me, mate. Hate the off-season. Can't wait till the big bash starts. Um, you got anything else to add before I go and sulk for a couple of hours? I mean, there's a really... I can't believe that Channel 9 or Fox haven't picked up the jersey flag or the New South Wales Cup Grand Final. The Newcastle Knights and the Penrith Panthers game. Now, the Sydney Roosters were the runaway minor premiers in jersey flag. And they've gone out in straight sets. Mm-hmm. They got absolutely embarrassed by Newcastle, and Penrith got up twenty-seven points to eight. For, did Did you see what happened in the um, in the Jersey flag game? No, no, I didn't see it. The the young five eight um, Katoa, who signed for uh, the Dolphins, by the way, he's a good player. He, the big future ahead of him. Kicked a field goal to make it to, sorry twenty-five points to twelve, and the Roosters players charged out of the line and clocked him with an elbow. An old mate referee has awarded the field goal and then given a penalty. So they've not only kicked the field goal, it was the first three-pointer uh, since, like, the 1980s. Wow, so okay. So great, great call. Yeah. Great call by the ref. Um, and the Roosters came, the Roosters scored uh, two late tries to make the score respectable. Penrith were, were never, ever in try. And I think Penrith finished... Uh, fifth, yeah, and they, the grand they only got in above us because they beat the Dragons in the last week and we needed them to lose, and we would have got fifth. Oh, or the Tigers, sorry, I think it was the Tigers that got fourth. One of the teams I hate passionately, which could be anyone to be fair. So, yeah, that's another opportunity miss for us. Geez, we're good at that, but uh, mate, next week we're going to do the backs, <laughs> we're going to start the reviews the week after, we'll do the forwards. Got a few fun things planned for the off season, we'll take a little bit of a break. Uh, I know people are calling for us to stay the whole time, but I don't know, mate. So I, um, I'm sick of football. I hate rugby league. Yeah, look, I think we'll we'll jump in with the podcast every now and then during the World Cup just to, to give an update on how our boys have played. Look, don't think that I'm going to live tweet any of those games um, because I'm simply not getting up at 3am for a game of rugby league that I do not care about. I'll check the stat sheet, watch the highlights afterwards. Um, rugby league outlaws will still be uh, going strong in the off season. Um, all the news that's coming out, uh, obviously the World Cup, and we got some fun things plenty, happen there too, mate. There's still still plenty of um, play movement to happen as well. So you know we'll we'll be uh, up and about every fortnight. But other than that, Dan, I'm just I'm glad this season's over, and I'm glad we get a rest. That's it, mate. I need a break. I'm sick of having my heart broken by these motherfuckers in the black, white, and blue. But God, I love him. How am I, Moylan? How am I, Moylan?